and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Do you feel like you've not been able to make headway in achieving your goals? Or did you start the year pumped, ready to move forward on making things happen and simply lost your way? Things don't need to just get better. They actually can be better. In Design Your Dream Life, I'll show you a proven pathway to take you from where you are now to a life filled with joy, wholeness, success, and fulfillment. I'll give you the keys to not just developing a plan, but taking massive empowered action to make your dreams a reality. Turn roadblocks into stepping stones and leverage the power of gratitude and forgiveness. Let's face it, taking massive empowered action and making your dreams a reality isn't always easy. So I'll be there with you every step of the way. Visit dreamlifetoolkit.com to purchase your copy of Design Your Dream Life, obtain resources and join our free community. Again, that's dreamlifetoolkit.com. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. Our next guest is a renowned digital sales and marketing strategist. She's a certified business coach and a mentor to emerging entrepreneurs. She's also a keynote speaker, the host of a Christian CEO podcast, and the author of the Amazon bestseller, A Little Girl Called Grace. You know what? She doesn't stop there. She's also the founder of the Christian CEO University. You guys, I'm so excited to hear her story and pick her brain because she has not all, I mean, I, my guess is, is if we were to ask her as a little girl, if she would have expected such great success and impact in the world, uh, she might not have dreamed this up herself. She comes from a humble background and has overcome insurmountable odds since her childhood to achieve the success she enjoys today. And this includes surviving sexual abuse at her teens for over a decade, overcoming cultural male-male dominated corporate careers to countless objections in the entrepreneurial journey. Ooh, because of her non-non-English accent. Interesting. She has coached and consulted purpose-driven entrepreneurs for over five continents. And you know what? She's taken her situation and she has decided that God had something better for her and she stepped into who God created her to be. So big Dreamcast welcome to Kelly Badar. Thank you, Denise. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, you're not only a rock star today, but it didn't always start out like that. So I have to ask you, if you were to look at that little girl and see how far you've come, would you have expected this for yourself? <laughs> Obviously it's not. <laughs> I still remember for those years that my single mother and me and then her mother as so a grandma that when she moved from place to place because she did not have money to pay rent and we often slept on the floor and I often, you know, pick out the window and see other people's family. And I was wondering that how can I be part of that, that kind of uh, better life? Mm. Where did you grow up? Uh, Taiwan. 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 Yeah. And so uh, the story to uh, cut it very short, if you guys want the whole one, you had to go to get a book. So um, I was born and raised in a place and time that when baby girls were not valued much, when, uh, you know, baby boys were born, they were given a piece of gold. Mm 
and when the baby girls we were born, we get a basket of eggs. So that just kind of tell you that how they value us. No need to invest as anything, especially education. And so growing up, that there was over you know one and a half decades of my life that I never know what's going to happen in the night to me because my mother and her drunk boyfriends. And and through those struggling, I knew education was my only way out. So education system then there, uh, even today, it's very competitive. Uh, we're talking about one against 3,800 people. You can get to the top three girls senior high school. And then from there, you have a chance to get another exam that maybe you can go to university. And so... I did that. I got into the university and and got a job, but in that chaotic family situation, I couldn't wait fast enough to get out of my mother's place. Uh, in Asia, it's very common that before you got married, you stay with parents because first of all, real estate is super super expensive. So it's a little bit different than you know than in U.S. or in other Western countries, and. But then because of that, I fell into the wrong marriage. I uh, walking uh, with, uh, you know, uh, blind-eyed. And so um, I walk out heavily wounded. And that's where I found Christ. Because somebody at work brought me to uh, a local church. And that moment in Taiwan, we only had 2% of the population were Christians. So you want to become a Christian, we kind of become the alien of the society. And I remember that my mother disowned me because I want to become a Christian. Because in the family, a lot of people, they are Buddhist, they are Taoism, all, all different kinds of things, and they worship idols. So my mom asked me, what does that mean if you want to get baptized? I said, well, that means I can no longer worship the idols with you. I cannot bow to those idols, including our ancestors. And then, so she was very angry, and then she came me out of the house. And then in the corporate world, I was determined to succeed. I guess when you are in that kind of situation that you have two ways, right? One is you just let go and uh, through the darkness, and the other way is you climb, you try to climb. And in those, again, in those like 70s, you know, 80s, it's just in that society that uh, male is dominated in the corporate world. And uh, I remember, you know, there's a movie, American movie called uh, Hidden Figures, right? Hidden Figures, it's uh, those, uh, the dear uh, uh, African-Americans, the ladies, they were behind, they are real hero behind the NASA that launched the shuttle. And uh, Catherine, the main actor, actress, that she had to run, cup. I mean, blocks away to go to the ladies' room. And when I, when I was watching that movie, I had my tears because I remember so often when I went to a board meeting because I was the only female executive, so there was no ladies' room on that floor, and I had to go down to other floors to ladies' room. So that thing is real, you know, and and through that and. By God's grace, after uh, I become a Christian and uh, I got married again 20-something years ago, 
and you know is a different kind of challenge. So uh, we, because my husband is Swiss, and then we also in hospitality industry. So then you know the the hotels, the Ritz Carlton, Grand Hyatt, movers over three continents and three states in USA plus Jamaica. And I figure that when I remember when, I, so USA is our second home because we lived there over ten years. But when we there moved there the first time, and I went to church, local church, and I felt that it's like a cultural shock in a way of it's the, the level the 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 how do I say this the desire for for God the, the very different a feeling. Through the years, my mentor and I, we support some um, people, missionary in the front land, uh, or especially women's underground churches. Uh, the summer places, they literally have to get up three, four o'clock in the morning and go to the cave uh, in order to read the Bible and worship the Lord. Uh, but here, or they say that moment, U.S., if it's raining, people are not showing up. So for me, it's it's very different. It's just very different. And uh, and but you know, through the love, my love for the people. So I got. I know I have a similar mentor with Denise with John Maxwell. I was the, his first batch of certified coach and speakers, and uh, um, also with ICF because I figure coaching can help people to reactivate the greatness inside of them. And that is what I've been doing from 2000, officially from 2008 till now, uh, my virtual business um, with uh, people um, to help them to build up their impactful business. And in last three, four years, uh, God said my season now is to focus on the Christian entrepreneurs. So, so that's what I'm doing now. Mm. Oh my goodness. So you really had a life of oppression for quite a while, not only in the family situation, but then when you got into the working world, there's still this glass ceiling or this, this oppression that says, eh, not good enough all of the time. And I feel like what you said is you always have a choice and you can either let go and believe that and just say, you know, screw it all. <laughs> I give up. I'm not even going to try. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to yeah. just going to follow the current or you can climb and you can say, mm, no, I've got a lot more to offer than that. Mm, nope. I'm not going to accept this as status quo. Mm, nope. You know what? I, I know that I'm here for a reason and I've got a lot to add to the world. Do you remember a time when you felt that spark inside that said, I'm not going to allow or accept this norm i'm gonna go create my own path first of all i would love to say it would be awesome if every time i hit bottom and or challenges i will say no i need to fight i will not give up i would love to say that that's me well that would be a lie (laughs) you know (laughs) it's Um, easier said than done in the moment isn't it (laughs) exactly you know there's a moment that i feel like uh okay i guess this is not for me uh so i guess i want to be real here i don't want that your your audience here say okay she must be superwoman or something and i think there are many moments have those those kind of uh, spark. Uh, I would say 
the maybe one of the first one is when I was in university. I was a part of a choir, and our university was very known of the choir. They always like number one in the in the nation. And in my last year, about to graduate, and we had important concert in the national hall, which you know all the influential people, including the president and the nation, and every, I mean everybody will be there. And um, my Coach came to me and said, Kelly, this year I want you to sing solo in that solo part. And I right away say, no. I say, listen, I gave her five names, at least other girls. I say, those people, they can sing much better than me. And, uh, you know, I'm, I just think I don't, I'm not qualified because the uh, self, uh, I don't, I did not have any self value, you know. And I remember she say, Kelly, listen, this is the last year of the school. And I think it's your time to shine. Because when you give out, it's not just your voice, but you your presence will encourage other people to do the same. Otherwise, you are too selfish. And I remember the young self, when I heard, I did not really pay attention to what she said, but when the moment she said, I am too selfish, I thought, how can she, how can she say that to me, you know? And because we thought that if I get opportunity to other people, so that's selfless, isn't it? A lot of time we, we think that way. So anyhow, She's a teacher, I'm a student, so did not have choice. I agreed to do it. I remember that day, behind the curtain, before the curtain went up, and then she came to me again. She said, remember, don't be selfish. Go out there and help other people shine. Instead of say, make sure you sing your part right, <laughs> right? So when the curtain was up, I look around over 5,000 people and I gave my all. I got the standing ovation. Then that moment I realized that exactly that what she said. Whenever we were giving a platform, any different kinds, you know, can be your parents to your children, can be, uh, you know, you are doing a little workshop. It doesn't matter the size of the stage or the platforms, anything. If you were given that platform, that means God has trust you that you have ability to impact lives that moment, one way or the other. And because that moment, if we don't do our thing, that moment is selfish. It's, it's a false humility. It's not a real humility. I, I don't know. I, I know I, I answered a little bit long. I don't know. This, this, does this help, Denise? Yes. Oh, my goodness. So I'm hearing a few things. I hear you had others believe in you before you believed in yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a huge, it's a key. The reality is, is most of us need other people to speak into our dreams or see ourselves three steps ahead of where we see ourselves because they're speaking that life into us. And so you had, you had a mentor, a teacher believe in you before you believed in yourself and gave you that stage. And then she said, shine girl, 
shine, girl, shine. Because when you show up and you shine, you give others the permission to do so as well. And I think, again, yeah, that's really thoughtful. The, the false humility makes me think, you're right. So many times we think, well, I'll be small to give them the room. But mm-hmm. really, when we shine and when we step fully into ourselves and our gifts, that's giving other people the permission to do the same. And that's even more powerful than, than the first option. So I love that. I love that. And, and I'm, I'm sure she wasn't the only mentor of somebody who believed in you even before you believed in yourself. Um, do you have another story of when you kind of dug deep and said yes, even though you were a bit scared? Um, I would say maybe the most recent one now came to mind. Um, it's Chris Tucker. And Chris, if you're listening to this, we're going to charge you a commission, by the way. Just you know. <laughs> uh, Chris Tucker is a dear friend and mentor. And uh, if you guys don't know Chris Tucker, she, you know, check him out, youpreneur.com um, or chrisducker.com. Uh, he's a serial entrepreneur. And... Um, I remember last year, his, his annual signature event in London, in, and it's a very cool event, a cool location. It's in the QE2, it's a Queen Elizabeth II conference place. So it's like the place uh, for the conference. And then he asked me, the conference was in November, and he asked me in July, said, Kelly, I would like you to speak on my event. Now, here's the thing. All his other speakers, okay, it, it's not the moment I try to look down myself. I mean, all other speakers will talk about, you know, the A-list, the people we know, you know, uh, people have ever been on his stage, is Amy Porterfield, you know, Peg Flynn, and yada, yada. I mean, there's, there's a line of people, right? And so... So I look at him, you know, we, we sat down in the coffee and then he, he looked at me. I say, Chris, hold on. Are you just being too nice to me? So you want to give me this opportunity? And I remember he looked back and with stern eyes, he said, listen, girl, as much as I love you to pieces, that is my signature event. Do you think I will let anybody ruin my signature event? <laughs> <laughs> so um, that was that was the the behind very behind the scenes story. Then uh, when the day came, it's a bit nerve wracking because from the morning we have the awesome Carrie Wilkinson open the keynote and all the way to other and now my spa was afternoon and as you know after lunchtime the spa is not easy because people you know they got their lunch and sleepy and stuff um and also that day I we did not know why you know the audience is rather cold it's not very we I feel we feel like we're not warm up and stuff. Uh, nobody resting up, clap and stuff like that. But um, I went up and ten minutes in, we got the first laugh of the day. And uh, uh, after finish, and um, I got the first standing ovation. But the the key point is not that though. The the stage light was so bright, I couldn't see people's face. But the moment I went down the stairs, I start to see 
that's 300 something people, most of them are crying, were crying. And it's a business event and it's purely business content, the power of one framework. How uh, it's about what's the number one solution you can give what give to your number one client so you can they can have a number one outcome by the best current version of you. Also, the way it's about business strategy mindset, only in the end, about 30 seconds, I share my story of if I can do it, and so do you. And that is another example of, because Chris see that I can do it. And he see already ahead, he saw already ahead that if I share that message, that people will be inspired and take action as well. Yeah. And that's also part of the reason why why I wanna I wanna become a coach. Because that's what I will do day in and day out, just like my vocal coach years ago, right? Um, to activate people with greatness inside and then they can go on to do create that impactful business. Wow. Wow. I can imagine the nerves on a day like that, sharing the stage with such big names, people you've looked up to and learned from for years, and then to go out and have such a positive response from the audience. What do you think it was about what you shared that connected with people in the room? I think in the uh, first of all, I, I mean, I'm I'm personal face. So before I went on stage, I think I have twenty five people behind the scene praying, and then asked me, "What do you want me want us to pray?" I said, "There's only one thing I want you to pray that when I'm on that stage, that's a non Christian event, right? So, but I want the people will sense will experience God's love. So the whole presentation is a business." It's about money, it's about strategy. But in the third last 30 seconds, I share say if you are looking at a girl who was stripped away all her dignity because over one and a half decades of sexual abuse, and then when she finally climbed the ladder in the corporate world, there was no ladies' room for her. When she became an entrepreneur, they are very well-known coach. If I gonna mention the name, everybody know who he is. He told me that you cannot have enough clients and you can forget about your podcast because you are not American nor British. Because you are, you know, you are the native English speakers. And I say, I close with, but look at, where I'm standing now. I'm standing in the London, in Britain, at the Elizabeth Conference place. And that people just yes. went crazy. Yes. Um, but personally, I was touched by especially men. And I think a lot of times women, you know, we are we're easier to reach out, women to women and emotional, but I was touched to see men. Because sometimes I think men got, you know, compressed down their emotion and things. But they came one after the other, say, 
they so appreciate that message. I want to get into the power of one because I know that will help all of the entrepreneurs listening on the call. But I think what's so powerful about what you shared is that you're on stage. People know you're successful, right? You're the one that's sharing strategy and you're an expert in the field and you're sharing what you've learned over decades of experience. And so they know how awesome you are, right? Uh, What you were able to do was bring the the humanity back into it and say, yeah, cool. But you know how, much, how far I've come and what I've been able to overcome. And you touched on what a lot of people deal with, which is imposter syndrome. I think, mm-hmm. you know, most of us show up and we go, who am I to do this? I don't really know yeah. what I'm doing. I'm not sure. And, and you kind of said, you, you leveled the playing field out. And you, I feel like that's where that belief comes from because they said, Kelly can do it. We can do it. And that's where that hope and, and that spark is lit because they, they feel like it's possible for them to. So, oh my goodness, I can imagine that's that, that room standing ovation because it's less about the success and more about the journey to get there. And you gave them all hope that they could do it too. So tell us about the power of one. I want to hear a bit more about how this strategy you teach impacts entrepreneurs. Well, I would be, I, again, I would love to say, you know, I just totally create myself. I'm, I'm brilliant. Well, that would be a lie as well. <laughs> um, so the, I, I figured that I just share a lot of behind the scenes secret with you guys today. Uh, this is another behind the scenes thing. Is, so when Chris asked me to present, then I asked him, said, okay, so what do you want me to talk about? Uh, you have all those, those kind of experts. Right, uh, and then he said, "Well, just share one of the thing. It worked really well for you. Just one idea." So when he said that, in behind my mind, I said, "Well, that shouldn't be difficult. Just share one idea." Next couple of weeks, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep well. As you know, we entrepreneurs have this problem called knowledge curse. Right? We know so much. Right? And so when he said, just share one idea, and I'm thinking, which one? Which one? And um, so I came to quite desperate uh, the deadline I need to submit my presentation. And um, in my morning uh, devotion time, I stand in front of my flip chart and I ask God, say, listen, it's your fault because I didn't ask for speaking on that stage this fast. It's your fault. So you're going to tell me what you want me to talk about. And I start to write just one, O-Y-O-N-E, one on the flip chart. And God said, that's it, one. I say, what about it? And then he started to say, think about all the entrepreneurs problem, overwhelming, imposter syndrome, comparison game, formal, all those things, right? And then most of people out there teaching about business the very first thing they say is, let's figure out your avatar first, right? And if that works, then why still people struggling? In my personal work with my clients, I also figure there is a common thread. It doesn't matter which stage they are. The moment they're going to go to level up to the next stage, and they got stuck, always. So I was asking God, say, why that? And God say, here's the thing. We need to, the approach we've been told wrong is, that's a set a goal, that's a what. And then that's figure out how the strategy system to do it. And 
we barely touch who we are and why we should why we should be doing it, right? I want you guys to think about an image in your mind. So if there's a, a one horizontal line from left to right, okay, that that means time, okay, and then the a vertical line is the level go all the way up. It's the level of success, right? Will be awesome, just diagonal all the way up as a time goal. Our success just go all the way up, right? That's a fantasy. We all know that in between have a lot of squeaky line, right? The squeaky line in between the bottom, those points, we hit challenges. It means that that moment we have to make decision. And the decision we make will decide whether we success or not, right? But the question is, based on what you are making that decision, that moment is not about the goal, it's not about the strategy though, it's about who you are or who you aspire to become to make that decision. Therefore, the power one framework, the first element one we need to deal with is the best current version of ourselves. And it's from there because you and your ideal client or avatar, whatever you put that on, is a mirroring process. Years ago, I was in Darren Hardy, the Success Magazine Chief Editor program. He said, Kelly, Here's a story. Before I got married, I write down 30 items, 30 criteria, what kind of woman I want to marry to. Then next morning, I walk out, I look at a piece of paper, and I have an epiphany moment. What kind of man that amazing woman will be willing to marry to? It's mirroring. People say, Kelly, why I don't attract the right client? The question is, well, what kind of service provider that ideal client will be attracted to in the bible the kingdom principle is always start from within not from outwardly it's always from inside out so the i i know i go on long but i just want to share with you guys the four key area you need to ask yourself how you steward is invisible areas your time your energy your space, your relationship. When I say about space, meaning your mental space. And so these four areas are super important. So outside a lot of productivity system, they tell, oh, just get things done, right, GDT. But that if that works, why so many people are still not, not working out? And have you ever had a moment of, you know exactly what you should be doing, but you cannot put yourself to do that thing, right? So that is where why the Power One framework go to detail for that, that four areas. And that's coming up actually the signature program down the road in a couple of months. But that the presentation, I think that speak deeply to the entrepreneurs everywhere because they figure why that did not work for them if they approach you from out, outside in, not inside out. Absolutely. Oh, that's beautiful. I often say, people will ask me all the time, what do you do? What do you do? Give me a script. How do you do it? 
You know, I always say it's less about what you do and more about who you be because you can do, but again, you're not going to get the same results. I love that inside out approach because when you're in alignment and you're feeling connected and you're overflowing with joy and you're living in your strength zone and, and you're really working on being the best version of you, then what you do will be much easier and you're going to get much better results. Now, you've mentioned a couple times activating people to kind of step into their best self. What are some ways you suggest that people activate within? I think just like iPhone, if I ask you, say, what do you think who knows iPhone the most? You probably say, well, obviously the, the create, creative team in Apple or Steve Jobs, right? In, in other words, is the creator of iPhone. Right. So for me personally, that it's not possible that you can know yourself enough if you don't have connection with your creator. That's that's one. Because our identity and how just your human body, you know, I the other thing I often say is your physiology is basically is a prophecy of your productivity or your capacity. Because, for example, you were uh, the DNA, right? The each single human, adult human DNA we have, like six point five feet of DNA strand, is existing in thirty seven point two trillion cells. So if we gonna bunch them all up, can be small as the ice cube, but if we stretch it all out, they can literally the can distance can become from Earth to Sun, coming back for seventy times. And I can go on to tell you about our blood pumping system and also our uh, your breathing capacity. All this is a proof to know that you have been created as a masterpiece, as what Bible said, Ephesians 2.10. It's not just sound good. No, you are literally, physically, scientifically, you are created as a masterpiece. So. I think you need to start from self-awareness of this first and then have a connection with God to know the truth. From there, then you will start to be activated. And just like Denise earlier say, we human were not created to live alone, right? Every single one of us only can thrive when we are in the environment that where that's your mentor, that's your coach, that it's your fellow uh, like-minded people that they can pull you up. Because when you fall, they can pull you up. When you are messing around, they can kick your butt, that kind of thing, right? Because we all need to be held accountable. Sometimes I read or heard somebody say they are self-made. That made me quench inside my heart because nobody is self-made nobody because every single one of us in the journey we need a lot of help and then when you arrive a level remember stretch your hand out give other people hands to pull them up because each level as you go your ceiling will become your floor again before you go further and I think that is how that you can get activated and start, you know, continue to grow as well. Mm. 
have that connection with the creator, understand you really are a masterpiece and take care of yourself and then surround yourself with people who speak that life into you and can hold you accountable. So a couple more questions. I have a question about Christian CEO. What is Christian CEO University? And tell me how all of that got started. So it happened in my, um, I was uh, about 2012 when we still live in Las Vegas, actually. And uh, on my birthday uh, in November, and I have a little uh, ritual with God that on my birthday, I take communion. So it was five o'clock in the morning. I was downstairs. Bible open on the kitchen countertop, and suddenly I feel a strong presence behind my back, and I saw, well, that probably is my husband came downstairs to say happy birthday, because the present was so physical, feel so real. I turned around and there was nobody there, and then suddenly, around my kitchen top, everything become blurry, the atmosphere become very warm. The only thing I can see still is my Bible. Everything blurred out. Then I heard, that was the first time I heard the audible voice from the Lord say, Happy birthday, Kelly. And I knew I'm in big, big trouble. And um, I say, yes, thank you. Thank you, Abba. And then he said, what do you want for your birthday? Three weeks before that, my kid then was toddler age. As an ego face, we wrote a letter to God and that have all different kind of items, all the way from our dishwasher need to get fixed, all the way to my mother's salvation. And now you probably know if you listen podcast till now, you know that's a, a huge thing. My mother will become a Christian, right? So when he said, What do you want for your birthday? And I, I right away thought of that later. But then I thought, well, if this is the only time I can answer that question, I would like to think twice. And uh, I said, well, God is going to sound cheesy. Is that if like, he did not know what I'm going to say? Um, um, well, if you can give um, Solomon that wisdom, um, can I have that as well? Since the Bible says there's no respecter of person. And I sense he has a very big grin on his face. And he said, of course, you can have that. Oh, by the way, those things on that later also granted. Within three weeks, every single thing, including my mother's salvation, came to pass. And uh, then he said, Kelly, but I need to do one thing for me. Without thinking, I say yes. I say, of course, Lord. Right away, regret it. Because totally did not know what did I get myself into. He said, after here, mean Vegas, you still have one place to move to before you guys go home. Home is Switzerland, because my husband is Swiss. And we did not know then we still will move to other place before we came to Switzerland. He said, after you go home, I want you to focus on feed my sheep in the marketplace. And since we moved back to Switzerland now about nearly five years, and that's where God started to push me to have a Christian CEO podcast and also uh, start to create a Christian CEO university because there are so many online business group uh, community out there, but we don't have enough that really based on the biblical principle and with kingdom mindset. 
and to help the Christian entrepreneurs, the CEO to become be to be, to have an environment, as we say uh, moments ago, environment is important, knowledge to move forward. Because a lot of us are operating our business as if they are in the church. Because these two are different. We all know there's seven mountains, right? The business mountain is different than religion's mountain. You cannot have the mindset of how you operate within the walls when you are called in the business and work in the secular world. I mean, there's a funny song, but it's true, right? Think about Joseph. He had to walk like an Egyptian and look like an Egyptian before he was standing in front of Pharaoh to conduct his business. And so that is one of the things that uh, Christian CEO University, is. the mission is to equip, to activate, equip and empower the Christian entrepreneur to become that CEO that God has asked, has called them to, and to really create that impact, profitable and impactful business. We cannot shine away to talk about money, a profit, because we are in business, right? And again, that's a lot of like mindset we need to unlearn about it and the, uh, the, 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 the resilience and, and the different kind of things that we need to relearn about it. And I always told my uh, members, which I even not launch, official launch yet, uh, we, we are a small group of people. We have about 20-something people. And I knew that after September, we do have a summit coming up. And from there, we'll probably launch. But the idea of the university is a platform to raise up the generational leaders. The leaders we want to become, we want to raise a leader, become a faculty members. It's not Kelly's university. It's, it's a God's university, but it's uh, leaders from different fields. They can teach about different things. And I think we, it's much needed uh, in the marketplace for uh, Christian business owners. Mm, absolutely. Creating a space where faith-based service value adding entrepreneurs who also want to have a profit and build a successful business. You can do both. You can do both. And, and I well, you need both. We need both. Absolutely. I we love that both. you're creating a space for both to be respected because I think sometimes when you are value adding, you feel like you should you know, not make any money and you couldn't charge for your services and that kind of thing. And it's just not true. So you're kind of rewiring the money mindset of the community as well. So I love that. Now tell me, how is your relationship with your mother? Uh, it's great nowadays. I wouldn't tell you we are like a super close. That would be a lie. But I would say that, you know, uh, forgiveness happened many years ago um, since she accepted Christ. And uh, sometimes when the ugly heads, you know, of those past, you know, not pleasant experience show up, then I will remember how Christ has forgiven me. You know, I, I have made so many mistakes and yet uh, I've been showered by his grace and mercy. 
And therefore, that I will extend that to my own mother. Mm, I love that. You are loved. And so you can love well. With boundaries, of course. And it can always <laughs> does have to be. Yeah, family is um, not easy, isn't it? Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's powerful to know that not only you um, have overcome adversity, but you've done it with love and you've been able to forgive. And, and of course, it's a journey and it's not always that flip of the switch. But because you have been able to do so, that's giving other people hope that they can live a life full of love rather than harboring that anger and resentment and that so many people live in. Uh, that's no way to live. And when you found Christ, you found that freedom personally, and then you can extend that to others as well. One last question is for those that are aspiring entrepreneurs, they are activated. They feel like they've got a vision. They're excited about what they have, or what maybe the vision of what God has given them, but they're still a bit scared. What would you advise that new entrepreneur to do in that season? I think back to, you know, alignment that we spoke a moment ago and, and pretty much is power one. And first of all, you really have to be, have a meeting with Jesus. You know, I always say uh, Jesus is Jewish. He's pretty good at number. So have a business meeting with Jesus. Have a meeting with the Lord and just pour out everything. Just a side note. Even you don't pour out, he knows already. So kind of a no-brainer. Um, talk to him about where you are. Be honest about it. And talk about how you feel. You know, I remember those days when I was from a high corporate executive to become a stay-at-home mom. I have those resentment from the starting before I started my business. And all those feelings are real. And you, we shouldn't ignore it. You know, and so just that's just one example. And just be truly honest with the Lord where you are and ask him, say, okay, what do you want me to do this season? What is a priority of my current season? Whether it's family or it's maybe it's not, it's time for you to really focus on building the business. And so get that really clear. And from there, then you need to. I would love to say clarity, just like you wake up in the morning, you suddenly just get clarity. That would be awesome. But which is, that's not true. So you have to surround yourself uh, in a group uh, of people and, uh, and then uh, possibly mentors and coaches that really can speak to your heart and understand that where you are. And, uh, and then to so help to guide you through the process of to find clarity. And from there, that, you know, continue, you know, uh, relationship with God. It's, you know, we, I always say we don't have a religion. We just have a relationship with God uh, to, you know, solidify that uh, your daily, your daily routine, because uh, I think oftentimes we totally underestimate the compound effect of daily little things and overestimate about just do a big thing once in a while. Nobody, the, all the high achievers, successful people that we admire, that everybody is, they were not born disciplined. They just really diligently build up that small action upon small action, become happy, become disciplined. And I would say last thing is to give yourself a little bit grace. If you found, uh, I'm sure Denise's book will help you dramatically. Uh, It's no use to uh, dwell in a place and continue beating yourself up. You don't get anywhere. Repent if you you need to, 
but then repent, that word meaning you don't turn back, right? You know you you whatever consequences you're bearing, but you're moving forward. And uh, as my mentor, John Maxwell said that as long as you move forward, then, you know, your distance was you're closer to where you want to go. So, yeah, I think that would be my two cents. Mm. I lo- I'm going to set aside business meetings with Jesus. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and it's true. It's true. Just creating that space to ask questions and write and journal and kind of brain dump it all. And you'll find that sometimes we have the answers already. Uh, we just have to ask for them. So you guys go to kellybatter.com slash learn to learn more about Kelly and her programs. And, you know, I think it's important that we're intentional about putting ourselves in a place where we're surrounded with dreamers, with doers who can speak that life into us, who've been where we are in our three steps ahead. And Kelly, thank you for creating that space for us. So again, thank you for your wisdom and your time today. And you guys, all the links for Kelly will be in the show notes below. Thank you. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out. And remember to dream big.